As you prepare for retirement, you'll be faced with many important choices. We want you to make the right ones. Welcome to Financial Choices Matter with Charles Scott. Charles is an accredited investment fiduciary. He's well-equipped to help you make sound financial decisions. We want you to experience a meaningful retirement. On our podcast, we believe financial choices matter. Financial Choices Matter, the podcast that helps you understand what's going into your financial and retirement choices, how it's going to impact you down the road. We try to help you make decisions when it comes to your financial world with eyes wide open, and we're going to do that certainly on today's podcast. Walter Storholt here alongside Charles Scott is a fiduciary advisor at Peloton Capital Management, serving you in the Scottsdale area. You can find us online at Peloton Capital dot com. Uh, we are kind of in the midst as we record this podcast, Charles, of summertime. And I know that you even got to see a little rainfall recently that got you all excited. We were talking about it before recording the show today and, and it didn't have too much dust in it either. So it didn't ruin your white t-shirt, I understand. Not this time as before, <laughs> but, uh, that just blew a bunch of stuff around. There you go. So had a little muddy bottom on a swimming pool. Other than that, no big deal. That, that's easy. to. You have one of those little robots in the pool. You you know drive around on the bottom and, and clean up the dirt, or you got to get in there and do it by hand? Oh, no. Robot. Come okay, on. the robot. Okay, it's the cool. desert. You have to have. Yeah, that's way too much work for me. See, I'm, I'm new to the pool game. Uh, a li- little bit of news, Charles. I just bought a home. Uh, we, we, just bought a new, oh, cool. uh, we just bought a new house, and it's, it's got a pool. And we are really excited about it. And, but I've never owned a pool before, so this will be a new experience. But um, so we're we're going to get our first, you know, robot cleaner on the bottom of the pool soon, and I'll get to learn about that. Hire somebody that knows how to clean it and watch what they do because it's not that complicated. Yeah, and I think that uh, we have a saltwater one this in in the house that we bought. Oh, okay. So okay. I heard that those are easier to take care of uh, in the short term, although they might have more wear and tear long term. Yeah, I think that's right. We have the old fashioned throw chlorine in it. So. Gotcha. Okay. It, it, it all works. It just takes different methods yep. to get it there, I suppose. A lot yeah, like and, financial and planning, right? <laughs> there you go. Oh, wow. How did we get from there to there? <laughs> I was thinking for a second, uh, this has nothing to do with finances, but I've got to find a way to spin it in. And there, there we go. We found our entry point. Well, we're going to be talking on today's program here in a few moments about uh, kind of an extension of our conversation from the last podcast. If you didn't listen to that one, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that one as well. You don't have to listen to it before you listen to today's. They're not chronological, really. Um, But we talk about some unique planning challenges. And there was one that we didn't really get to on the podcast uh, last time around because we wanted to spend some time talking about it on this one. And that's divorce and dealing with the shell shock of potentially losing half of your assets in a divorce and how you pick up the pieces and move on and still think about retirement and and how you kind of put all those pieces back together. It's a very difficult situation as we can all imagine. And if you've been through it before, um, you know, then you don't need me telling you what it's like. Um, And so I think it's a really important conversation to have. Uh, Before we get to that, though, we always like to at least answer one question from one of our listeners here on the program. So let's open up the mailbag. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. So this week we're going to get a question before we get into our main topic of the day from August in Phoenix. And uh, if you'd like to submit a question, you can do so on PelotonCapital.com. We might feature it on a future podcast. August says, Charles, my buddy says I should only be willing to work with a fee-only advisor 
As to not show my ignorance on the topic, I nodded and agreed at the party. But honestly, I'm not sure what fee-only means. What is it? Is he right that it's the best kind of financial advisor? This is one of those topics that could go on the what's bugging me list because this is one of my biggest pet peeves. Let me give you the definition of what fee only is, and that is they don't charge a commission. There's nothing evil about a commission as long as everybody understands how it works and what it is. Fee only folks, and I was a fee only planner for a long time, and as, and I realized that we were missing some very, very valuable solutions to some of the client's issues by doing that. And we had been on the insurance, and most of the time it's on the insurance side of things. Um, it's not necessarily that you're buying and selling stocks for a commission on that because that's we just never we never have done that. We're not going to do that. We don't do that. But fee only is not evil. And we you know we've always disclosed to our clients that, if we're going to do this insurance solution for you, then we get paid a commission by the insurance company because that's basically the only way you can find a good solution. And that's the way the insurance industry works. And nobody's ever said, oh, gee, I'm not going to do that because that seems like a stupid idea. But we were referring out some of this insurance business to other insurance licensed folks. And I've been insurance licensed for 30 years. So it's not like I had to do that, but we were following the fee only mantra and we kept getting feedback from the clients. Would We would tell ex this, these insurance folks exactly what we wanted done for the client, and they would do something different. And I thought, why am I doing this? Yeah, this is crazy. Good. I'm going to do, I'm going to get done what we know needs to be done, and we're going to do it. And we're going to get paid a commission to do that because there have been in the past some non-commissionable insurance things that have been out there, but they've come and gone, and you can't find much of anything now that in my opinion is as good as something that will pay a commission. And yes, ultimately it may or may not be more expensive to the client, but if it solves their need, do they care? Then our experience has been, no, absolutely they don't. And they want us to do it because we know them. And so, you know, it's like, Hey, you guys need to understand this is what we do. Fee only has staked out this supposed moral high ground of, Oh, we don't do commissions. Well, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with them. Just disclose it. Clients don't care. Clients just want their problems solved. It's not that complicated. So, I mean, when it gets into an insurance issue where there is a lot of moving parts and we're not qualified, in my opinion, to to do this, like might be a sophisticated long-term care policy, we've got a specialist. It's going to be when it's Medicare. We know Medicare inside and out, but we don't do it and we have a couple of medicare specialists that's all they do that's when we bring them in if it's somebody that says hey i'd like to have an annuity uh okay i can do that that's not that complicated but we want to find out what they need and why they need it and make sure that we mm -hmm. find the best one for them because we're always coming at it from a fiduciary point of view there have been times when i have someone has had a need for something we have gone and found it you know, looked at the top two or three best ideas out there in the marketplace. And I have never wanted to know if this was the first time we were dealing with this issue. I've never wanted to know what the commission was going to be because I only wanted to show them what the best solution was. And after the fact, when they chose the best solution, and that was their choice and our choice together, we do it together. Then I would ask the insurance company, so how do I get paid? Because <laughs> I know I'm <laughs> going to. 
Yeah. And the, the client never cared. And I didn't want to know. I didn't want it to cloud my perspective because we want to do what's in their best interest. That's why we're a fiduciary. So I just have a big, this is a big bone of contention for me in case you couldn't tell. Hey, August, great question. Thanks for writing that one in. If you'd like to submit a question to be featured on a future show, again, you can go to pelotoncapital.com, and uh, hopefully that gives you some good information there, August, that you can take with you. Next time you see your buddy, you can uh, school him on your side of the uh, of the equation there. Um, we mentioned that we were going to talk a little bit about one of these other unique planning challenges, Charles, and that being divorce. Clients feeling shell-shocked after seeing their assets get cut in half from a divorce. It's a unique situation that is actually becoming less and less unique these days. But still, I think when anybody would go through this, I would imagine it's going to feel unique to them. Because you talk about emotions colliding with your financial planning and with the practical numbers and sense. Maybe no other situation um, where those two collide more heavily than in the situation of a divorce. Take us through some of the challenges that are, pre- that are presented when that situation happens, your experiences with helping people kind of navigate these waters and some of the solutions that you've been able to find to kind of reach successful conclusions here. It's a gigantically interesting topic that scares most people and scares a lot of advisors too, for that matter. People are being asked, to make the biggest financial decision in their life that they've ever had to make at a time they're the least emotionally capable of doing it well. And that's divorce. Here's how come I know a bunch about it. And I know a bunch about it. Probably 24, 25 years ago, I got a phone call from a friend of a friend who said, hey, you don't know me. This is the circumstance. Uh, I'm married. Uh, We've been pretty successful financially and professionally. Uh, We're going to get a divorce. He's This happened to be the wife. He's handled all the financial stuff. I have a significant hunch I'm going to get screwed in this deal. What do I do? And I thought, I've never been asked that before. So at that time, I called uh, the broker dealer when I used to be securities licensed. And I'm at, before I was a, a, just a fee-based you know, investment advisor. And I said, hey, here's the circumstance. And they said, this was when we were up in the Seattle area. And they said, oh, you need to talk to Mary Lynn at Tacoma. She's done pre-divorce financial planning for years. So I did. And I worked with her on this particular case for this lady And I thought, well, this is really interesting. This is really intriguing. You can make a huge difference for somebody in a time when they're grasping for information and grasping for some sort of grounded, sensible approach to this whole thing because it is gigantically emotional. And from that, I went out and I got certified as we used to be called a certified divorce planner. And the lady that created the CDP designation taught me personally how to do this. She used to you know, you'd go through a two or three day class with her and you'd end up with a credential of a CDP, certified divorce planner. So Carol Ann Wilson taught me how to do it. Went to Boulder, Colorado and sat at her, you know, sat at the feet of the guru and learned how to do this. And it was really, it's, it's really interesting. It's a very interesting dynamic. And then we started teaching classes, taught it when we were in Washington, we taught them. We've taught them when we came down here initially, the class that we taught, I actually taught continuing ed for attorneys for both the state of Arizona, Arizona State Bar and the Maricopa County Bar on financial planning and divorce. But when we do this, we would talk about the 10 biggest mistakes people make. And the number one mistake on this was people don't have any idea how much it costs them every month to live. Because the, the intro to this question, Walter, you're seeing your assets cut in half. Well, you're also cutting your income in half or more, but it isn't really half. It's more than half. Because when you leave one household that you've shared together and you go off into two, it more than doubles. 
you know, it's not just, you know, some stuff, you now have two mortgage payments. Your car payment would stay the same if you took each had a car. Your utility payments double, you know. So there's it's way more expensive than just kind of cutting it in half. And people don't think about that. Um, it's there's there's just so and they have no idea how expensive it's going to be. Um, we have stepped back from doing a lot of divorce planning in the last few years. And I'll be perfectly honest with you because most of the time dealing with the attorneys just make the process more complicated. Uh, when we came to Phoenix and what was it? October 1st of 1999, our furniture arrived and we, you know, over the course of the next year or year and a half or two years met 300 plus family law attorneys in the greater Phoenix area. They all kind of work the same way. I mean, there's it's fairly cookie cutter cutterish, but we came to the conclusion that they're really not going to do what's in the best interest of the client. We had a, an example of one attorney who had on his shelf in a plexiglass case the thirty four thousand dollar garlic press because one his I can't remember which was the husband or the wife. His client argued about this thing. This was symbolic of the argument that cost them $34,000 worth, $34, worth of attorney's fees to decide who got it. Wow. And now that sounds absolutely ridiculous, but it's the way the system works. Our role as a planner, and it still would be this way, is, and we have worked with husbands, we've worked with wives, we've worked with couples. It doesn't matter. There's a common sense way to logically, mathematically, fairly and equitably divide this stuff up so that it has the least amount of impact on either one of them negatively. And we always said, if we can get you through this process and neither one of you are happy with it, then we've got a really good outcome because you can both live with it. And, and it's really interesting too. We read, I read more and more and more and more about people as they're older and older and older. And they've, we've, we've addressed this issue on the, on the last podcast of retiring. What does it do? There's this new idea out there. It's silver divorce or gray divorce. People that are 58 years old and all of a sudden they get a divorce. Well, that's a gigantic sledgehammer to your financial life going forward. It's astonishing how emotionally complicated it can be. It's easy to come to a financial conclusion, in my opinion, just to have done lots of them, but it gets screwed up in the legal process. And we told attorneys this to their face. It's like, you guys make this really way too complicated. It just doesn't have to be. Their mindset is different from a planner's mindset. They're a divorce attorney for Pete's sake. And they think they know all about the finances in divorce and they know enough to be dangerous. But that's the bad point. They know enough to be dangerous. And a lot of times they're dangerous. And they're always people are always going to spend more than they think they will. In fact, we've had folks, and it just happened at the end of last year. Somebody came in and we consulted with them and they decided that they didn't want our services. And I said, here, let me do something for you. And I wrote down on a piece of paper and I gave it and I, you know, I, I made it stuck it in an envelope and sealed the envelope. And I said, here, take this, give it to your spouse. This is how much you guys are going to collectively spend by the time you're done getting a divorce because you want to fight about it. You know, it's, I said, that makes no sense. This is how much you're going to spend. And it was a big number because I, they had, I, I'd, I'd found out they had said, they told us about what their financial situation was. So, you know, I said, this is how much you'll spend. And I got a call from the husband after they were all done. 
And he said, God, you were right. <laughs> he said, I, I would have never believed that. I said, yeah, I understand how the system works. You guys didn't have to do that, but you wanted to, one of you wanted their pound of flesh and the other one had to defend their position. So it gets expensive. It's a fascinating process. And if you understand it and you can get to people to understand what they're going to go through. And there are some very interesting financial nuances of what can be done in a divorce and how you can divide things up financially that make a huge amount of sense and don't necessarily benefit one over the other. But I'll be, you know, I've never tried to screw the other party in the process if I was representing one, you know, one of the spouses. But at the same time, there are situations where it's a just, you know, it's potentially not detrimental, but their position, but there could be an advantage when it comes to dividing stuff up. The statistics are astonishing. And I, and I'll, this goes back several years. The American Bar Association said the cause, the principal cause of divorce, and I think it was like 87% of the time is money. And I thought they're, you know, I thought they're absolutely wrong. It's not money. Something else is happening in the marriage that is the principal cause. What gets litigated in a divorce, besides dividing, you know, coming up with a parenting plan for kids, what gets counted are the financial assets, the money. So that's what they think is the cause. It's not the cause. Ask any therapist. It's money's not the cause. Money's how you keep score in this whole thing. But it's just, it's this gigantically flawed system that is going to be more and more cumbersome and financially devastating to people the you know as we have longer life expectancies and we live longer and i don't know whoever came up with the idea that you're supposed to be married to the same person for 70 years that's hard to do so you 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 obviously hit a hot spot for me here walter with this question but it's if people understand it it's just like anything else from a financial planning point of view if you understand all of the ramifications all of the different things that may or may not happen, good or bad, then you're going to be able to make the best possible decision you can make with the most information that you can possibly have. And that's always what we've tried to do, just and just overall financial planning, but certainly in the unique circumstances of divorce. And it's just amazing to me how many people just go blindly through it and don't think about stuff and don't know. And I'm going to pick on the attorneys one more time here, but... <laughs> You know, they just trust them to know all this stuff. They don't know all that stuff. They know the law. I also know how the law works, but I would never hold myself out to be an attorney. The attorneys hold themselves out to be financial planners when they help these people divide stuff with no with no idea of why that's not a good idea from a planning or they make it way too complicated. We had one client and we work with both of them, the husband and the wife. And, you know, I mean, I can be very neutral in this whole thing. Stuff makes sense or it doesn't make sense. And by the time they got all done, we sort of finished our part of it. They went away. They got divorced. They came, the, the, the husband came back to me afterwards and said, okay, remember all these things? We had all these different accounts. And I said, yeah, there were like 21 of them. And he said, yeah. I said, how did you divide them up? He said, the, the, the attorneys divided every one of them in half. Can you help me transfer all these accounts around? And I said, no, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I said, so here's what you could have done. I said, you could have taken all of this one. She could have had all of that one back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. I said, and then you divide these three accounts and you're even. He said, well, how come the attorney didn't do that? I said, because that's not what they do. I said, you know, I mean, that's, that's the way this process works. It's gigantically out of whack with 
an simple, easy, fair way to do stuff. Never thought you'd get all that, did you? No, it was, it was good stuff. <laughs> um, take take one last breath here, and then uh, give me give me the elevator pitch for what I should do if I'm going through a divorce situation like this, whether it be on the horizon, whether we're already kind of into the midst of it. What are some, because it's one thing to talk about this from a uh, philosophical point of view, but like what are some actionable steps I can take to make sure that, you know, I go through this process in the right way? What what, what should my first steps be to, to start taking action today? Go find somebody that's a certified divorce financial analyst. That's the first thing to do. But you also need, that's, I used to, I, I mentioned earlier on that I was certified as a divorce planner, a CDP. It's now called a CDFA. They changed the terminology. They changed the designation. Find somebody that, that, that has that designation and find somebody that has it and that does this a lot and work with them you know, work with somebody that knows what they're doing, that has experience doing it, that knows who the legal players in the system are and understand that they're going to have you do stuff you're going to be gigantically uncomfortable with, but they're going to do it from a sound financial point of view. And always try to keep in mind that, you know, there's, there's two or three ways you can go through a divorce from a legal point of view. You could do it yourself for that matter. Um, you know, you can go to the courthouse and get the paperwork and file the stuff. It's complicated if you've got kids and it's certainly complicated if you've got financial assets. You can litigate, which is where you hire an attorney. She hires an, you know, we each hire an attorney and we fight about it. That's stupid. Uh, they'll get you divorced eventually at some gigantically stupid cost, in my opinion. You can mediate and you could end up mediating with somebody that is the mediator could be an attorney or the mediator could be uh, from the mental health world. That's a fairer, in my opinion, fairer and less hostile way to do that. But you also have to understand, you know, how experienced are they? They're, again, not the attorneys and not, none of the mediators are financial experts. They have a lot of experience, but they're not an expert. There are some areas of the country where you can do collaborative divorce. It tried to happen here in Phoenix and it just turned out to be a big mess. But that ends up being kind of even a theoretically a kinder, gentler way even than mediation is. You have to be willing to understand you're going to have to give up stuff you don't want to give up because it has to end up being fair because the legal system will default to case law and statute. There are creative ways to get to a solution. If two adults are willing to do something completely different from anybody, anything anybody's ever done before, but they both understand why and they're both okay with it, then the court's not going to argue with you. Do your homework. If you talk to a certified divorce financial analyst, they're going to give you a giant leg up on understanding what really needs to happen. And if you are the underdog that where you've never dealt with the financial issues or you've never looked at the statements that come or whatever it is, then you really need to talk to them because you don't have to go to you don't have to go to battle. You can work this out logically. You have to set your emotions aside a lot of the times, but it ends up being a financial settlement. If there's kids, obviously that's a whole nother, nother issue, but that's what you need to do. Get good help, get good coaching from a financial person, not just the legal side of things. They'll make your life a lot more e easier to live with yourself when you're done because you'll know you made choices based on good, sound, factual information, not just an emotional response to something. 
That's a great point, Charles, and I think worthwhile to, if you're going through this situation, and it doesn't have to be divorce, maybe there's another unique planning challenge, like one of the ones we talked about on the previous podcast episode that you're going through. It's worthwhile to have somebody who's seen these things happen before and has walked other folks down this road. Uh, seek out their guidance, seek out their advice, and you can do that at any time uh, by getting in touch with Charles Scott, and, and he can help you himself or point you in the right direction uh, to other professionals who can provide specific assistance to you. 480-513-1830 is the number to call. 480-513-1830. You can come in for a complimentary review of your financial situation with Charles and the team at Peloton Capital Management. You can also schedule a time to meet and get in touch with the team on the website, pelotoncapital.com. That's also where you can listen to past podcast episodes as well, pelotoncapital.com. Charles, I know that's a tough uh, tough subject to talk about and a bit of a hot button for you, uh, but much appreciate <laughs> your guidance and uh, i didn't mean that in a, in a bad way i mean that's just it's something you're passionate about and something you that, Very. that resonates uh heavily and, and a lot of people are starting to go through it so uh and and will continue to do so most likely so it's good to cover these things on the podcast from time to time uh thank you for your help and we'll talk to you on the next one super thanks walter for charles scott i'm walter storholt thanks for joining us we'll talk to you next time on financial choices matter Financial planning and investment advisory services are provided by Peloton Capital Management Limited, a state-registered investment advisor. Past performance is not indicative of future results. No one should assume the information presented here serves as a receipt of or substitute for personalized individual advice provided by Peloton Capital Management. For more information, visit www.pelotoncapital.com.